This is the Humerian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts for the well-being of yours. All right, we're here at the Humerian Health Podcast today with Dr. Sean Benzinger and myself, Amy Baker, and we are very happy to have with us Joan Pagano, and she has a book called Strength Training Exercises for Women, Tone Sculpt. Ugh, tone sculpt and stay strong for life. I'm a big fan of strength training, so I'm very excited to talk to Joan. It's so great to have you on the program. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you do know that uh, being an older, middle-aged man, <laughs> I, I like, saw that you, first you question, go- I'm thinking, oh, man, she's talking old already. I mean, so <laughs> 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 at 58, uh, I do find that there are certain things that I just can't do as well as I used to do. I can do them. I just can't. I have to adapt a lot of things because uh, I do a P90X workout and uh, I, I don't do some of those poses and some of those things because bad knees, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it sounds like you've taken workouts and put them into a format and made them user-friendly so literally anyone can do them. Well, PX90 is a very intense workout, oh, so it's a killer. hats off to you. I yeah, it it didn't, it didn't you. last much longer, I promise you, Joan. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 I got about a year or two, I'm done. <laughs> I think as we get older, we do adjust our expectations from our bodies. At least I find that's true for myself. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit of a um, a conundrum because as we get older, we really need to push harder in order to fight back the signals of aging, which are weak but persistent. Mm-hmm. And so we need to fight back to them, with, fight them back. But on the other hand... Sometimes because we have an injury or a condition in our body, or sometimes just because the mind isn't willing to push that hard anymore, you go for a modified program of some kind, which Mm -hmm. is not a bad thing. As long as you keep moving, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. And so I'm curious, have you always been kind of had an exercise focus to your life or is this something that you've... We want to know if you are actually that fit all the time (laughs) because you're just crazy in shape. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, it is my third career. I was sedentary as a young woman moving to New York City right after college, where I had been an active athlete since the minute I could walk. I was an avid athlete all through college sports. And then I moved to New York City and worked in other industries. I worked first in fashion and then in the restaurant business and did not pursue any kind of structured physical activity until a friend of mine noticed that I wasn't feeling myself. I just didn't feel 100%. And she said, you should really be doing something physical. Hmm. And she suggested all kinds of classes and activities and everything. She said, oh, no, no, I can't do that. I have too much going on. I'm too busy, this and that. And finally, she threw up her hands in disgust and said, if you never try, you're never going to know. So one of the things she had suggested was yoga, and I had never taken yoga. And in fact, it had now been years since I had done any kind of structured physical activity. But I started taking a yoga uh, class, and the instructor taught it in his living room, in his apartment on the Upper West Side. And it was a small, intimate group. People were warm and friendly. And as I started learning and practicing the poses, I realized that I really loved moving my body and my posture improved, my balance improved, my self-esteem improved. Mm-hmm. And that was the beginning of sure. a return to fitness that wound up being a, a career of, of now 30 years. Oh, that's great. That it really is. And, you know, it's kind of like me. I, I've been through several careers. I was a sumo wrestler for 
And then, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, oh, I was going to say, he's, that's right. No, that's he's, unusual. He's pulling your leg. <laughs> um, but, you know, you said something earlier about fighting back, uh, kind of the aging process and things like that. I, I, I really think that's exactly right, is that I, I've always told people over a period of time is as I've aged, I find I actually work out many times a little longer than I did before, but just less intense. I've had to adjust mm -hmm. a, a quite a few things. And, and here's the thing that I, I really love. The questions that we're going to be covering with you are exactly what people need to do to have a balanced life. I mean, it's just this is exactly what you're trying to get people to do as they age and stay fit and go from there. Um, so I guess let's just talk about some of the goals that you like to see people set. Um, now, you were in structured workouts just because you were an athlete. Then you, you kind of loafed a little while, <laughs> and now you're back at it. And it sounds like you got so excited you got like you do. It sounds like you do everything extensively, <laughs> you know, kind of exactly. Kinda all in. All in, professional. Mm -hmm. Well, in terms of my professional enthusiasm and passion for what I do, it's 150%. Believe it. We <laughs> but believe it. What I what I believe in doing is helping people achieve their their best possible physical self because it is so fundamental to everything else in their lives and it's different for every individual what they can or and are able to do or what their goals are and i try to help each person find that as you said balance i love that word find the balance that allows them to pursue physical activity in a way that benefits their body without injuring them and that they can do over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. That's great. And so one of the things, I mean, we've talked to different, different folks that do, you know, are yoga instructors that do weight training, that just all different kinds of practices. And so um, talk to us, I guess, a little bit from your perspective or your philosophy, kind of what the fitness equation is. What are the kinds of things that people should be doing to be balanced or to kind of have a well-rounded workout? Yeah, well-rounded, good point. Um, a well-rounded workout includes cardio, strength training, and stretching. Those are the three okay. aspects of a well-rounded workout, and you need all three. Okay. So you need cardio for longevity. Cardio will keep you living longer. Strength training gives you a quality of life, and stretching or flexibility keeps you mobile and supple and on your feet. So a combination of all three is ideal. Oh, okay. So cardiovascular exercise, can that be, I mean, we've talked often on this podcast, at least about if you're sitting on the couch, then maybe what it is is just simply walking, walking to the mailbox, walking, you know, around the block or whatever, all the Something. way up to like what, running, swimming? Yep. I mean, what's your, I guess, what are some of the top, things that you think, especially as we're as folks age, that they should be sure they're incorporating from a cardiovascular perspective? Walking is great because everybody can do it. Everybody has access to walking. <clears throat> and it's better, of course, than sitting on the couch. So the first step would be to, to count your steps. That's a wonderful way to get started on a walking, mm -hmm. to, to get more, to start fitting more activity into your day-to-day. -day. Start counting your steps. 
use uh, a tracker if you want. You can get a pedometer the old-fashioned way, or if you have a smartphone, there's usually a health app on it that counts your steps for you, or you can get a high-tech tracking device like a Fitbit or one of those to count your steps. And that can be very motivating as you see that you what your average number of steps are and you create goals for yourself based on that. Mm-hmm. The ultimate is 10,000 steps a day, which may sound like out of reach for a lot of people, but do what you can do. And then once you've got a walking program going, and you should be walking, you should be accumulating 30 minutes of moderate level intensity exercise most days of the week. So you need 30 minutes, but you can break it up in doses of 10 or 15 Mm -hmm. and go out there and do your walk and and try to accumulate 30 minutes of physical activity. That's, That's the first step. Now, when you're already walking, you've already got that baseline and you're kind of tracking that, which is great. And now you're spending less time on the couch, which is great. (laughs) Now you want to look at your, your distance and your intensity of your workout. So if you're just strolling... Um, you're really not getting the benefit of a cardio workout. Mm-hmm. People in New York love to walk, and we walk long distances, but we're always blocked by obstacles and streetlights. So <laughs> it doesn't really and count. People. I mean, yeah. it, by people, right? So it, it means it's not really a fitness walk. It's better than being on the couch or riding sure. riding on a bus or a car. But it's not right. really a fitness walk. When mm-hmm. you go out for a fitness walk, you have to put your fitness head on, and you have to work up. You need to be a little bit breathless, and you need to feel your heart beating. That's not a bad thing. People who are not familiar with exercise sometimes get nervous if they feel their heart rate go up or they start to break a light sweat mm-hmm. or breathe heavily. But those are all signs that you are working your heart and your lungs, and those are good things. Normally, if you have no other um, medical issues, those mm-hmm. are good things. How about, so once you're, go ahead, please. Yes, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say once, okay, so now you're there. Now you're, now you're tracking, now you've got a cardio or a fitness head on when you go out for your walk. Now is when we start um, doing, adding intervals of faster paced walking or jogging or running. And mm-hmm. that is the ultimate. And maybe we have time, if, if you like, we can talk about high-intensity interval training, which is a fascinating way of training that is proving to be beneficial to everybody, even people with chronic disease. Yeah, in fact, mm-hmm. we're going to go there. Uh, now, do you recommend heart monitors with everyone, just a pulse rate so they can see where they're at? You know, it's so easy to take a manual heart rate by putting two fingers on your carotid artery and using a watch with a second hand to count your your beats per minute. That's how I always monitor where I am, excuse me, in my training range. Mm -hmm. It's so easy that I don't bother with a heart rate monitor, but if you, if you have one or you want to use one, you're a high tech person and you find that motivating, then great. Use anything available that will work for you. Well, I tell you the only, only reason why I've ever pushed them in the past was I would have patients come in that they were working out a lot and they couldn't lose weight and they couldn't this and they couldn't that. And what, I, once I got them a heart monitor, they found out they were training so far ahead and above what their body could sustain, they were stressing their body out and they couldn't lose weight. It was just a really interesting thing. So those are the ones, you know, it's, again, the type A overdriven, those type people. Oh, my goodness. That's interesting. I would have I guessed you were going to say that they weren't working nearly hard enough. Nope. And, and of course, those are unique cases that are, you know, they are pushing. They're getting ready for a wedding. They're getting married, all that. They're working so hard, but they're pushing their pulse so high. 
they end up struggling with losing weight. All of a sudden, we pull them within range, and boom, they're losing weight. They do much better, and you know, as long as their diet and stuff is together. But uh, when it comes to couches, whenever they can't get off the couch, I always tell them just walk on the couch. So yep. at least they're going to do something. Uh, but right. let's, let's talk about interval training because you kind of alluded that there's a lot of benefit, not just, and a lot of that's done for athletes, elite athletes. I know that. So are you saying that that's really moving into the older crowd? Oh, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Um, <clears throat> it's been proven to be very effective in helping people with chronic diseases like diabetes, Parkinson's, diseases that heart disease that you would have never thought to give interval training to. Um, and by the way, I'm, I'm not a doctor, so you are, so <laughs> you know, correct me if I'm wrong. But, um, you know, you have to um, start gradually. That's important. You mentioned, you just mentioned that gradual is very important. You don't want to go off too fast or too strong in any sense of the word in starting an exercise program, or certainly if you're going to start adding intervals um, to your, or to your cardio. And it could be an interval for on your bike or in your swimming or on your walking, jogging program, but you gradually add intervals of faster pace in and you time them so that you have a ratio. You're kind of aware of you're running for maybe two minutes and recovering for three, let's say. Mm -hmm. So you have a longer recovery at first. And gradually you start to reverse that so that your intense period, your high intensity period, is um, shorter than your recovery because that means you are really getting a great workout. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Doesn't and you, you can also use... Um, uh, landmarks like lamp posts, or I, I use that around the reservoir in Central Park when I do my run there. I warm up. I'll go out at an easy pace. For the reservoir is 1.6 miles. It's not a long distance, but I'll go out for half of it and just warm up, and then I'll start using the lamp posts to mark my intervals, and I'll manage to get 15 or 16 intervals in mm -hmm. and it's such a great workout that's great yeah i actually had a guy that's a long distance runner and he would tell you exactly where he was running based upon where the mcdonald's were that's the funniest <laughs> no, that's thing so ever funny. yeah it's a uh, mcdonald's on 77 79th street you go over to college mcdonald's right there take a right it was the funniest thing i got done with that i said do you eat at mcdonald's he says, oh i love mcdonald's i said that is the oddest <laughs> thing i've ever heard in my life Nice. Long-distance runner. Now, would he be McDonald's. stopping? Would he be stopping at the McDonald's? <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be interesting. Ever if I got yeah, a yeah. shake on the first one. <laughs> oh, uh, my gosh. Double, uh, <laughs> double whopper or whatever. Now, you know, it sounds like cardiovascular is one of the first things if we're starting out, we start with, right? We get the cardiovascular stable, at least moving in some direction. And then what do you like to ease them into after that? Uh, now, are you adding flexibility while they're walking? Is that one part of the thing that you're adding or is that later? That would be fantastic if you are doing a regular walk walking program to start stretching your legs, you know, regularly after your walk. That's so important. But if I were to add something in and, and sometimes what I would start with is actually strengthening the muscles so that you can get a better cardio workout. So if you're very oh, deconditioned, mm -hmm. if you're a real couch potato and you just haven't been doing anything, right. I might start you with simple body weight exercises like a, a wall push up. Mm -hmm. a sit-to-stand squat, um, calf raises to strengthen the ankles. I might start you with those types of kind of simple but effective body weight exercises so that you can um, start your program with more ease. Gotcha. Yeah, I know that some, makes sense. And I know that sometimes, does. especially talking with folks that are maybe not active today or 
maybe they don't do what they would consider strength training, they're a little afraid of it. They think they're going to hurt themselves. They don't really know. Like, right, we think about it as like throwing barbells around and stuff like that. So I mm -hmm. like this idea of, you know, starting with simple body movements and using your own body weight and stuff. But um, are there other, I guess, myths or things that people should be concerned about if they're thinking like, well, I don't do any of that right now. And so I'm, I'm, I want to start, but I also don't want to hurt myself, you know? Right. right. Good point, Amy. That is really a good point because you really should get some guidance, whether it's from a book or whether it's from a professional mm -hmm. in terms of your alignment and the proper form for doing the exercises, because mm -hmm. it is possible mm -hmm. to injure yourself. I love to start with the four body weight exercises, some variation of a push-up, some variation of a squat, mm. some of a one of a back extension and one of a pelvic tilt or abdominal hollowing in order to teach people how to manage their own body weight before they start adding external resistance like free weights or, or even um, weighted balls or bars. Gotcha. There are a lot of fun, there's a lot of fun equipment out there, bands and tubes, but before you start handling any of the external tools or toys that we have, it's really important that you learn how to align and stabilize your body in proper position. So if you are doing a wall push-up, that's the easiest form of a push-up where you're just standing parallel to a wall with your arms extended, and you're not lifting that much body weight, but that could get you started. Mm -hmm. um, however, if you shift to a diagonal push-up, like against the kitchen counter, mm -hmm. you're, you'll get more benefit. It's more stress on the upper body, good stress on the upper body. And you also have to hold your body in proper alignment like a plank. Mm -hmm. So oh, I love kitchen counter push-ups. I love very them. Very smart. That's yeah. very smart. That's great. Now, I, I know years ago I was a biomechanical specialist, so I would assist out in some of the old, old Nautilus facilities 36 years ago. <laughs> and it was always humorous nice. because it, I, if we get a guy come in, we, and, you know, he'd say, well, you know, he's 36, 38 years old. He hasn't worked out since 18 or high school. And we knew he was going to be sick by the time he got to the fourth machine. But mm -hmm. women would come mm -hmm. in, and they would uh, listen to your instruction, go lower weights, build up over time. Uh, I was just curious if men got any brighter uh, from over 36 <laughs> years. <laughs> men really like to go out, you know, fast at the gate. It's just mm -hmm. sort of, <laughs> I think it's in the genes or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, you know, everybody's different, and some men are very careful and cautious as well. Mm -hmm. But And some women are not. Yeah. So it really, it's knowing who you're dealing with. If you are an exercise professional and you're training somebody, it's really knowing who you have to hold back because they will go out Correct. too fast and they might get injured and they won't get the benefit and they don't have the patience, you know, so you have to really hold them back. Absolutely. How many times, even when my clients are performing, I, I manage a private clientele in, in New York and even when they're doing their exercises, I sometimes, you know, slow down. Slow down. <laughs> like, be, be thoughtful about it. Yeah. No, Especially no. with strength training. It's a wonderful, it can be a wonderful meditative experience if you really focus on the movement, the form, the way you're holding your body, your breathing, what muscles are working. Really, if you get into it as opposed to sort of blasting through it, 
it's um, more of a total body experience, mm-hmm. mind body. You might say mind body experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes the whole body better, doesn't it? And yeah. Now, let's talk a little bit more about flexibility because that's one that is not spoken about enough. Um, because Dr. About... Benzinger isn't very flexible. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm, about as, I'm as flexible as a cow. That's it. <laughs> I, I can barely get down enough. Anyhow, um, uh, but flexibility is one that is often overlooked, not maintained. Uh, so what's your thoughts on integration and uh, what parts do you add it into and what kind of techniques are you using? I love stretching and there are different te- techniques of stretching. The one I start with, I have these 10 little videos on my website that are free if you sign up for the Fitness Refresh and they take you through something from a a limbering exercise on the side of your bed, which is one kind of stretching. And then you go through the course of the day and there's some exercises you can do at your kitchen counter. There's some you can do at your desk. And we end with couch stretches at the end of the day, which is where you're actually allowing the muscles to lengthen out. So, okay, we have limbering in the morning, which means you get up and you do some head, neck, and shoulder isolations, maybe wrist circles, ankle circles. You get the joints mobilized. And that release lubricating fluid into the joints, which will help you when you start moving about the day. Once you're limbered up, um, you go through your exercises, you go through your day, and then at the end of the day, you want to do static stretching, which helps the muscles lengthen out after you've been using them all day long. You want them to lengthen out and release tension. It will help you sleep better. It will help you relax. It may even help get rid of those pesky leg cramps that people start to get in midlife Mm -hmm. and beyond, it Mm -hmm. seems. (laughs) Yep. Um, So, so yeah, and after your workout, always after your workout, after your cardio workout and after your strength training workout, you need to stretch the muscles involved. Yeah, it's funny. You get people started and everything's going great. And then about... You know, three to five months later, doing your stretches. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, forgot. Right yeah. Time we got, yeah, yeah. They start skipping those, but let's move on to balance because uh, uh, you know the new things that are coming out, Tai Chi and a few other aspects that uh, are really focusing on smooth movements in elderly folks. Uh, but balance is one of those uh, huge factors, and I, in my estimation. Losing your balance is, if not uh, dangerous, might be one of the most dangerous things in 60, 70, 80-year-olds that we we experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. A fall can be the end. Mm -hmm. It can mean the end. It's really, um, yeah, balance. So it is something that declines or deteriorates with time. That's just a natural fact of aging. And we need to do balance exercises. Tai Chi is wonderful. Any of those um, slow movement exercises where you're on your feet and you're balancing, you're also learning coordination. So that's, an, that's a really great way. But if, if you're not going to pursue a practice like that, there are ways that you can incorporate balance into your everyday. And it involves discovering which side of your body is stronger and more stable and which is weaker. So if you do a simple stork stand where you're standing on one leg Mm -hmm. in a static position, you can tell right away which side is stronger. Mm -hmm. And you want to help try to help balance out by making your other side equally as stable. Because with that stability in in the body, especially in the lower body, it it means so much for not falling. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, I, I have one side of my body which is a lot weaker and less stable and it's from overusing 
the strong side without even realizing it my entire life. What I do is I stand on that weaker side with my electric toothbrush when I'm doing the two-minute toothbrush mm-hmm. in the morning and mm-hmm. night. I'm Smart. standing on that weaker side. So I've incorporated that twice a day into my daily routine without having to to. Uh, go outside of my routine. Yeah. Very smart. Very I can smart. tell you this: when you stand on one leg in a meeting, people look at you funny. But I do, <laughs> oh. I, I do the same thing because I. So I skate roller derby, and I just started a couple years ago, and it's fascinating that imbalance that you don't notice. You know, because you do. Most of us do the like the same movement all the time. You know, I mean, like, yeah, maybe we exercise or whatever. But even in that case, a lot of times, folks, if you run, you run. If you bike, you bike. If you row, you row. You know, maybe you're doing CrossFit or something that's got lots of different movements in it. But, you know, not everybody does that. And so to to do something like roller derby and realize like, oh, okay, yeah, I didn't realize I always moved my body this way or I always stood with my weight on this side or I always pick things up with this hand or I always carry my bag with this you know, arm or whatever, and then you realize, yeah, the other side of me, my body's it's not. It's very so even, enlightening. Yeah, yeah it's it great. is very enlightening when you discover something when you go outside of your comfort zone, like you yeah. just said. Yeah, and you try something new and you see the difference. Yeah, and you're challenged by it yeah. to improve it. So it takes you yeah. on another course of of fitness, maybe you know, yeah. following some other discipline than what you've always been doing. Yep. yep. And it definitely tests the patience too, right? Because if you're used to doing something on the strong side and oh, then yeah. like you said, well, I'm going to stand on my weaker leg. It's like in yoga yoga as well. I've started that in the last couple of years and it's like, well, I can stand on my right leg. That's not a big deal. But standing on my left leg is difficult and it's frustrating and you know, whatever, but it's great too. when you can see, well, after three months of doing that, standing at the kitchen counter, washing dishes or whatever on my bad leg, Oh, now it's not it's it's not great, but it's not as bad so as it better. used to be. It's, yeah, I'm gonna be recommending. Even the mental. I'm gonna recommend go that you do the podcast on on uh, one leg. On one leg. I've yes, done go. me. I've <laughs> actually I have actually been part of meetings where I have stood on one leg and I look at people and I notice that they're looking at me funny and but nobody yet has asked why are you standing well, that's on right. one leg. I mean, that's and I've a been strange. I've been in. You're a trendsetter, Amy. Right? You've got something yep. going. You got to get them moving in the same sure. direction. That's <laughs> right. Standing up at the coffee shop instead of sitting at the table and yeah. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, it's very. It is balance is so 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 important, and I think we don't aren't mindful enough Absolutely. of its effect Absolutely. for sure. Now, Joan, you uh, first of all, I, I before I forget because I do not want to forget for the listeners. Uh, the pictures in this book are phenomenal. So Thank I don't you. know who the photographer was because uh, I know it's a massive expense, very difficult to do. The placement on the pages, uh, the integration, the flow of it, it's not just in the beginning and just the end. The whole book is descriptive with pictures and is beautifully done. So I, I want it's one of the best I've seen in so many years that I've interviewed and interviewed people in this field. That's one of the best books I've ever seen. So I, I wanted Thank to mention so that much. and compliment you on it. But, you know, in the beginning of this, you said that, um, you know, your friend kind of did the exhaustive, well, if you just get going, <laughs> you know, that type. You know, the reasons to get people to start is probably one of the hardest things that Amy and I will, you know, give these uh, podcasts and bring phenomenal authors and, 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 and brilliant people to the audience. But getting them to actually... Th- value Activate. themselves in yeah. a manner to do something. Uh, tell me some of the things that, because uh, you've done this now long enough, and also you, and being an athlete and other um, uh, areas that you've worked in, what's some of the, um, I, I don't know, encouraging mannerisms or, or conversations or comments or information that you try to 
supply to people that you're trying to get them to make a life-changing commitment? It's such a thrill when somebody does make that commitment and you see the difference. And every, all of their challenges, when they meet those challenges, are so, so rewarding to, to the person and to me as an exercise professional, guiding them through the work. They're doing the hard work, but mm-hmm. I'm taking them through the paces. Right. And it's a sense of, and I know you believe in this, I'm sure you believe in the, the practice of self-care. Yeah. And the idea is that you take yourself wherever you are at this moment in time, and you set goals for yourself in terms of becoming a healthier person, a more active person, a stronger, more able-bodied, more flexible person, you know, and you just try to take yourself little by little into a lifestyle of activity that you can do every day. That's why we don't mm-hmm. want to kill ourselves. We want to do something every day that you can repeat doing the next day and maybe even expand on it so that it becomes a part of your lifestyle. It's, it's lifestyle. It's really fundamental. Yeah. It's fundamental I, to I a agree. healthy lifestyle. It's just that sometimes people struggle sure. with their, their own self-value uh, and how it how it affects them and people around them believe that they're worth taking care of, and it's certainly something we're trying to empower in in, in every organization, every person that we come across. So, uh, like usual, we've we're out of time. Um, we always run out of time. It's, it's really and these are these are one this wonderful topic matters. Your and and you know it inside and out. We could do this for hours, but strength training exercise for women. And so I'm I I know that that. Uh, strength training exercise for men is coming out soon to send to us. <laughs> no, so no. We can do no that but the interview. book, the the, uh, the exercises are unisex. Uh, the title <laughs> was given to me by my publisher, but they're the same exercises that a man would do. Exactly. Nice. Okay, now we have so. to ask one more question. Absolutely. <laughs> what did you want to call it? Yeah. Well, what did you want to title your book? <laughs> well, it was assigned to me by my fabulous publisher. So, and it's, since it's something that I do every day and with such a passion. It is what I do. So yeah. strength training exercises for women is perfect. Got it, <laughs> got it. We only ask because some people have a title they, behind they have a the title, title they love. Yeah, they they thought this is it, and the publisher says no, that's not gonna work, and and they they always are a little bugged because they never got. It's but like, you, do you want to sell books it. or do you want to use the title you no, want to use? Right, that's like, right, that's oh, right. Well, the title books. I would have liked to have used was taken. So, yeah, it was taken by a fabulous um, writer, and I'm just looking to see, um, I just, her name is right at the top of my head, Strong Women Stay Young by Miriam Nelson. But she had that title. Okay. (laughs) See, I told you, you wanted a title. (laughs) Couldn't use it. Yeah, no, that's a beautiful title, too. So, listen, uh, Joan, thank you so much. Um, for Thank being you. on the program. Uh, we hope to have you back uh, when yeah, you do the double unisex uh, exercise program. <laughs> um, but we sure appreciate your your time, your insight, and, and I think maybe I think this. maybe if we do a video blog, we could do the exercises in the book, oh my and gosh. that would be really fun. Well, we and send then it, video and Joan would say, listen, the elbow out, That's right. a little bit more degrees here, Benzinger, oh, you're not fun. bending far enough. Oh, that uh, could sign be me up. Yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> that would be fun. Great. Well, thank you. Yeah, thanks so much thank for you your time. Both. Thank okay. you so much. All right, have a blessed day. All right, take mm-hmm. care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Amy Baker, Dr. Sean Benzinger. Humarian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts. For the well-being of yours. That's right. Thanks for having the guts to listen to the Humarian Health Podcast. Make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Humarian Health. If you have things you'd like to gut check, send us an email at gutcheck at humarian.com. 